Welcome back to another episode of Focus on EDU, EdTech, and the Education Experience. I'm your host, Doug Conopelko from CDW Education. Really excited to have another episode here today. Another esports and education flavored episode. Um, we have got Sergio Brack, the director of esports from University of Maryland. Uh, really excited to bring Sergio in here. So, Sergio, do us a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in education and esports. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, my name is Sergio Brack. Uh, I um, did my undergrad at the University of Mississippi or Ole Miss and helped founded the student-led uh, club there that ultimately led to where they are today. Um, during my time of my undergrad, I also helped found College Cod, uh, which is the premier um, Call of Duty league uh, for collegiate esports at the moment, um, recently acquired by eFuse. Um, and then from there, um, I started directing esports programs, uh, went to Ottawa University um, in Ottawa, Kansas, and won some championships there. Uh, but really missed the bigger school feel um, and, and really wanted to impact even more students. So here I am at the University of Maryland. So what are some things, you know, you've been part of uh, programs in a few different roles. What are some mm -hmm. things that you've learned from past roles that you're hoping to bring to the experience at UMD? Yeah, I think I got a good mix of, of both, right? Being at a smaller school um, and really just getting the whole like experience of being a director and having it all on you, right? Almost so much that it was scary coming to UMD because, you know, we had an event literally two weeks after I got on campus. And I remember at one point, like, even just trying to carry stuff and my operations staff, like in the department being like, oh no, 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 we got this. You just go sit and like focus on the event. Um, and so things like that, right? Like where I um, know what it takes to run an event on my own, right? So if it comes down to that, um, you know, I definitely can do it. Um, but in that same vein, also, you know, being from a bigger school at Ole Miss and understanding the red tape that comes with being at a bigger school, right? Um, and really understanding how to maneuver that um, and how to pitch esports. Um, especially now as a staff member when an undergrad, I was having to do it as a student, right? So really understanding what it takes to really get a school behind it. Um, so I'm super grateful for, for both of those experiences, um, being at a bigger institution and then going to work full time at a smaller one, because uh, I think they both contributed so much to, to how I am in terms of my job now. What's one of your top or favorite experiences so far in, in being part of the esports ecosystem? Oh, man. Uh, I would say definitely as a student, when I was a student, it was definitely um, 2019 playing in the Collegiate Call of Duty Grand Final. Um, that was like peak competition for me. I haven't competing since I was 13 years old in Call of Duty. Um, and I, I'd say to this day, I don't think there's ever going to be a moment that topped um, competing that year for me. Um, and then as a worker, um, honestly, it's, it's hard to say like one for me, like I'm, I'm big on student impact. And so like the success stories I get for students or the affirmations even that you get from students of like, um, you know, you just changed my life or, or this or that, you know, offering scholarships or just giving them a sense of home on campus where they otherwise wouldn't have it. Um, those are the moments for me that make everything worth it. Like, I don't care how stressful my semester is or, you know, what somebody says on Twitter about the program or me, whatever the case may be. Um, as long as my students are happy, I'm happy. And so those stories are typically uh, some of my favorite moments to see throughout the semester. So I'm going to combine two of the things you just mentioned there, right? So obviously mm -hmm. um, student impact being important. So understanding, like setting a good example, right? And and then you also mentioned Twitter. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to throw out there that uh, there are a lot of people with a lot of opinions on Twitter. Um, For sure. I think one thing that I've seen in the esports education space 
is that there mm-hmm. are plenty of people who are hypercritical of everything that's going on, um, who yeah. have opinions on everything that's going on. What I've what I've appreciated about following you, following your journey, right, is that I think you take a more measured, thoughtful approach to mm-hmm. a lot of what goes on out there. So maybe um, you know, tell us a little bit just about you know when you're sitting down, right, and you see things going out there on Twitter, right, sort of what goes through your mind, what are the things that, you know, you're prioritizing as someone who's a director at a, at a major institution, uh, as you're mm-hmm. either responding or just, or, or commenting on sort of current current state of affairs? Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of times when I see, like, stuff happen that I might not agree with in collegiate, I also have to put myself aside and realize that even when I look back at, like, some of my practices and programs, and even still today, there's stuff that I don't do 100% correctly, right? Um, and I think that's a common thing that people don't realize is that esports, and particularly collegiate, is still like in such an infancy that none of us have best practices all figured out, you know, for the gist of the entire scene. Um, you know, so when it comes to people, you know, saying, oh, well, this sucks, uh, I'll never attend this again, or I'll never, you know, play in this again. You know, it's like we're not having productive conversations. We're just saying, oh, this is bad. Um, this is why it's bad. Not what What do we need to do to fix it? Who do I need to actually talk to to fix it instead of screaming it into the Twitter void, right? Um, and then it gets to a point where, you know, there's entities that don't even want to be in collegiate anymore because instead of, you know, having educated conversations with them, you know, we're just bashing them on Twitter, you know, and not actually, you know, finding the root. Um, and trying to educate them on what the space needs and what we need from these different entities. So, um, and not even just that, but even if you're an administrator that's like looking in from the outside and seeing like all this discourse um, and seeing how people disagree, um, it's 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 rarely ever healthy disagreements in collegiate, right? Because like I said, everybody feels like we have everything figured out or that we know what's best um, and that's the bottom line just because we, we said so. And so for me, it's typically looking back um, when I see something and saying, okay, um, you know, what can I contribute to this person? A lot of times, a lot of people don't know this. You don't even see me call stuff out in public first. Like, I'll DM the person and be like, hey, um, you know, hey, like, do you have time to talk? Let's, let's chat about this and like this or that, whether it be about somebody's program uh, that they're, you know, things that they're doing in the program, um, events, whatever the case may be, leagues even, you know, and so I wish more people um, would go out of their way to do that, right, and to talk to these different entities and, and help people understand more so where we're coming from instead of just making collegiate, you know, look like just ferocious sometimes and just like, you know, bashing people immediately. Um, and so, yeah, for, for me, that's the biggest thing. It's just like taking a step back and just realizing that none of us have it all figured out. Um, we're all still figuring out what best practices are uh, in this space um, and understanding that um, if we want people to want to join this space and to want to stay in this space, we need to create a healthier environment, um, not only just for students, but even for, you know, staff as well. Yeah, and I think what what you're saying about the things that are going on behind the scenes, right, that also takes a lot more effort, right? Like it's really yeah. easy to just mm-hmm. kind of like fire a shot across the bow. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you, when you have tough conversations with folks, right, the, the things that people are trying to change in um, not just the collegiate esports space, but esports overall, right, mm-hmm. the, a lot of those things that people are trying to change, A, they take a lot of time. Right. B, uh, it takes a lot of people working together to solve it. Um, and, and I think it's really important that we put the work in. Right. Because we want to build a better ecosystem. Right. right. And, and to do that, like you said, there's got to be supports in place. Mm-hmm. What, what are some things you think, uh, you know, that 
maybe exist today in some form or another, or just, um, you know, what are some things that you think are, I'll say getting better, right? And that we can continue to take steps to support them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think collegiate land events are getting a lot better. Um, I think, you know, in in quality and I think in numbers, obviously COVID took a big toll on our, our land events, right? They were literally non-existent at that point. Uh, but we're starting to see more like third party TOs like try to put on these events and do it decently well, right? Not saying there's not problems with a lot of these events, right? Uh, but we're taking steps to where it's it's no longer becoming a norm for our players to just compete uh, in their dorms in our facilities, you know, for a full year and never see land or never see other teams, you know, in person. Um, so I'm I'm really loving that aspect and I'm loving I wish I hope more people uh, get involved more schools even. I want to see more schools host lands, right? There's no reason that we can't have more, you know, Hue Fest every year, you know, especially regionally, right? Because some of these schools on the West Coast literally can't even make it out to Hue Fest, you know, because they're just too too far, you know? So I want to see more schools and, and even more third-party TOs do lands and do them correctly um, and see more participation in those. Um, I think leagues are getting miles better. Um, I think one thing in particular that was like a big pain point for collegiate a lot of times was like scheduling, right? Um, and so scheduling of, you know, matches, scheduling of, um, you know, scrims and things like that. But I'm starting to see a lot more like officiating um, and a lot more directors taking um, that upon themselves to like make make sure that, um, teams are showing up on time to games and scrims. Uh, if, if, you know, if you can't show up to a game or scrim, directors reaching out, um, you know, weeks in advance at this point, you know, letting them know, hey, we have this on our schedule. Uh, we need to do this or that um, to accommodate. Um, and these are all things that, you know, if you would have asked me three years ago, like it was, it was non-existent, right? There wasn't, there weren't leagues that were giving us full schedules of our full semester so that I can take it to my marketing department and say, hey, we need these team announcement posters that lay out our whole schedule that we can pass out to high schools um, to market our, our program a little bit better, right? Um, so I think just the structure, I guess, um, all around is just becoming so much better from a competitive standpoint um, when it comes to these leagues. Um, and like I said, even these land admits that are starting to pop up. And so I hope um, that the more you know buy-in we get from more of these schools, that the more uh, land events we'll start to see across the country. What kind of things are you excited about being a director at a you know, a school that has had a, a club component, right, or a community around mm-hmm. gaming in the past, but this is sort of the the first more official um, efforts. You know, what is what does this mean for for you and for University of Maryland? For me, I'm happy to be in a position um, that I wish I would have had when I was in my undergrad, right? I wish I had um, a director of esports to go to uh, to fight for me, you know, with administration and things like that. Um, and to just have my best interests, you know, at heart and that really understands and knows the space. Um, and so I know how hard it is, like being a student directly and being in a club for so many years and being like, hey, administration, like, we need to get on this, you know, we need to do this and that, um, and not really hearing anything back. So, like, um, that's one of the things that immediately drew me to UMD was how robust um, the clubs were um, and how many, you know, participants they had. Um, and immediately coming in, how welcoming they were, you know, and saying, like, oh my God, like, we're so happy you're here. Like, we can't wait to, you know, work with you and, and this and that because we've been trying to get this to happen for years. Um, so, to be in a position to where, you know, you know, 
three years ago in my undergrad, um, you know, I wish we had somebody like that, like is, is a really big thing for me. Um, and I think for the school, um, I think it's just a matter of like the sky's the limit for us. We don't know where esports is going to be on this campus in three years. And I think that's scary, but it's also very exciting. You know, I can assure you that esports won't be going anywhere on the UMB campus in terms of leaving, um, but in what capacity it'll be at, um, you know, in three years, it could we can literally change the landscape in three years of what collegiate esports is, especially at the D1 level, um, just because of how open-minded um, the, the recreation and wellness department is to it, uh, but also from an administrative level, even above, you know, my pay grade, how many people are involved, you know, the vice president of student affairs reaching out to me directly to chat about esports and wanting to actively learn more and not just have it on campus and just sit it to the side. Um, and so I think that's, that's something that's so exciting, um, just the fact that, it's, I didn't come into a position where it was, this is what esports is on our campus, this is what it forever will be. I came into, this is what esports is now, now show us where we need to go in the future. Um, and I think that's something that I'm extremely grateful for it, because I know a lot of people can't, you know, set it about their administration. All right, last one for you. I can't believe we're almost mm -hmm. finished already. But <laughs> um, last question I have for you is, you know, as more and more large, like high profile institutions like UMD get involved in the space, what do you mm -hmm. think that does for the ecosystem? If you've if you thought about that at all? Yeah, I think ultimately it just helps more students um, find a find a place at home, right? I think the space a lot of times right now is if you're like a super talented player, um, you can get a scholarship to go to this school, um, and that just is what it is. But a lot of times these local state schools don't have the structure uh, to give students a well-rounded experience through their esports program. A lot of times it's still a lot of D1 schools right now are still clubs. The majority of them are, and that's just how it is. Uh, but I think the more schools that get involved, the more opportunity you see for more, um, you know, underserved communities to get involved, right? There's a lot more diversity and inclusion on these campuses. Um, I mean, if, if you don't believe me, you can look at some of the recruitment classes of the these scholarship schools and tell me how much diversity is within those programs, right? Um, and so I think we'll, like, um, schools like UMD, um, schools like WBU even, right, uh, jumping into esports and really going headstrong with it, um, it just really allows us to, to diversify the space more with students um, and just give more opportunities in general. Um, I can say confidently, that a lot of the resources, the academic tie-ins, um, and things like that that I've received in UMD just in my seven months being here compared to, you know, my two years at Ottawa at a smaller institution is like night and day, right? And so the opportunities I've been able to give my students um, already in forms of student employment uh, in terms of internships to connections uh, within a DMV, you know, within esports in general um, is, is amazing. And so I think the resources that these D1 schools have will be such a benefit to these students, you know, outside of just the competition aspect but my students don't want to be casters. My students don't want to be observers. My students don't want to do event coordination, you know, for professional entities when they finish college. Um, I feel like the D1 atmosphere allows for that a lot easier. Um, and so I think that's what we'll start to see um, as more students start to, or more schools start to jump on board with collegiate esports. Well, Sergio, thank you so much for your time today. Um, always appreciate our conversations and look forward yeah, to Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good one. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Doug. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can be notified whenever we post new content. Looking forward to seeing you next time.